0: Hold on to your hats, the countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on! Join us on August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one, but two days of
1: powerhouse wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating,
0: fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite Wellness Couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis, on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph
1: Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite
0: Wellness Couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well and You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com Streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for That Paleo Show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill, and today, I'm very pleased to be joined on the show by someone who I met fairly recently in, in Adelaide, which is kind of exciting, which is Dr. Andrea Robinson. Um, she's the founder of The Nutrition Detectives Solution. She's an osteopath. She's an ex-professional dancer. She owns two extend bar studios. She's a health coach. She's studying nutritional medicine and plans on going on and studying naturopathy. She's, she's a busy girl. Um, so welcome to the show, Dr. Andrea Robertson.
1: Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me.
0: That's that's quite an impressive resume you've got there. There's lots of factors into that, so I think we're going to have lots of fun today talking about all the different aspects of you and your professional career, but let's start from the start. How did you get into this whole health and wellness and osteopathy field?
1: Okay, right from the start. So, I was um, a dancer for many years, and I started actually doing ballet when I was three, and so that was always my real passion all the way through high school and when people said to me, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? I always wanted to be a ballerina but I grew very tall to be a ballerina and um, and my parents being very wise in their advice suggested I had a backup plan. So my backup plan was to do osteopathy because I'd been treated by chiros and osteopaths when I was young as a little dancer and had really loved what osteopaths had done for me and chiropractors too. But I really felt that for me, um, osteo was the way to go. And so when I finished year 12, I applied for uni, got into osteo and was hoping to go to the Australian Ballet School for a year and defer my osteo studies. And um, the night before my audition for the Australian Ballet School, I was doing ballet class in Melbourne and um, rolled my ankle and broke my foot. (laughs) So in that kind of sliding doors moment, I went to university instead, and studied osteo rather than doing the Aussie Ballet School, and um, and when I was a student, I got into the other side of dance, which is all the jazz and musical theatre and commercial side of things. And so, you know, for the six years I was at university with osteopathy, and the um, that whole time I was working as a dancer and doing all sorts of great fun jobs in Melbourne. And then after um, I graduated, I. I had lovely plans of wanting to go and do some more dancing overseas and I was very fortunate to audition and be accepted into the Moulin Rouge in Paris. And so I um, went off to Paris a year after oh. I graduated from osteopathy and stayed. in I went to Paris, another show in Spain, and some cruise ships in America for about four and a half, five years. And the whole time I was dancing... In, in the show and took my portable massage table with me so I was able to do osteo treatments and had little side businesses set up everywhere I went treating all the other dancers. So it's been a really nice place to kind of get me to that point in my life and then um, came back to Australia and I was still dancing very um, heavily in Sydney doing a lot of shows and corporate gigs and TV work and all sorts of interesting things and working as an osteopath. And when I was at um, doing that, I remember there was a twelve-week period where I was doing some extra osteo work and low for a couple of clinics and doing shows six nights a week. And um, on about the tenth week, I ended up in hospital with a seizure. So it had it was pretty much just push, push, pushing myself too much, and um, and my body crashed. Yeah. So it was it was really awful. So I was sitting treating a patient, sitting down treating the neck, and my vision blacked out from the edges. And my whole right side of my body went into spasm. I, my jaw locked up. So it was pretty scary at the time. Scary. And um, yeah, I went to the doctor. He sent me to emergency, he stayed in at the hospital overnight. They couldn't find anything wrong and just sent me home with a diagnosis of saying it was a migraine without a headache. And then, you know, you just, I'd never really come across naturopathy before or anything sort of alternative other than the osteo stuff. So I didn't really have any other answers. And you, I trusted the medical system with their diagnosis. So I just kept on pushing on with what I was doing ended up putting on 10 kilos of weight in the next oh, four or five weeks, which I just never had ever had any problems with weight. And I was getting tired and crying all the time and feeling like I was depressed. And um, And then a friend recommended me to see a naturopath, which I eventually, you know, a couple of weeks later got in to see her. And it was just a massive life-changing moment for me there as well, because she instantly got me off gluten, dairy and sugar, and told me there was nothing wrong with me. It was just my body had shut down and the elimination systems had stopped working just from overuse, really. And, um, and then it was amazing. So in the next seven days, I lost all the 10 kilos because it was just fluid retention. Wow. And, um, and I was left with a severe iodine deficiency, which we worked on for a little bit longer, but also um, pretty bad adrenal fatigue. And so that's been something now, that was eight years ago, and that's been something I've been working on for the last eight years and I'm pretty good now but I have little moments where it can still catch me but I um, have yeah now live my life very cleanly I'm gluten free dairy free or cow's dairy free anyway and sugar free or processed sugar free and um, and my health is really good and I'm probably still working a little bit too much than what I should but it seems to be my <laughs> genetic disposition to do that but I manage to look after myself with my nutrition and with what I eat and the exercise I do. So that's kind of, yeah, my health. I I get that,
0: Andrew. I think that kind of goes with the territory sometimes, doesn't it? That tendency to take on too much stuff because we're so excited (laughs) and passionate and there's so many opportunities to help people and, you know, know, it's so easy to do, isn't it? But it is, as you said, it's, you know, often the lesson for us is finding that balance and, and also understanding that if you do want to do all that stuff then you need to look after yourself really, really well, uh, in terms of your diet and your exercise and all those other factors to be able to, to be able to get that sort of output out of your body, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. if I wasn't doing the nutrition I was doing now and if I wasn't, you know, exercising and doing some meditation and doing yoga, I wouldn't be able to run my businesses and do the things I do. There'd just be no, no chance.
0: Yeah. Well, there's so many things from that I want to ask you about, Andrew. So I've got a whole list here, but we'll okay. start from right at the start. And, and a question that I get all the time, and I'm sure that you get all the time, uh, one that I know the answer to, but I'd love to hear your answer to, which is what is the difference between osteopathy and chiropractic?
1: <laughs> oh, this is mean, but... <laughs> Um Now, what I always say to people in my very quick summary is an osteo and a physio and a chiro, we all treat the same things but we look at the body body slightly differently and we use different techniques. So there's some crossover between physio and osteo and osteo and chiro and, you know, all the way around, depending on the individual, but there's also a lot of differences. So um, my my love of what I really enjoy doing is treating um, a lot of weird complaints. Like I really have done a lot of postgraduate study in visceral osteopathy, so working with the organs. And, um, and also with biodynamic cranial osteopathy, so nice. really helping people that have got a lot of chronic stress in their lives or digestive issues, and then that ties in really beautifully with my love and knowledge in the, in the nutritional side.
0: Yeah, cool. Cool. So uh, there is, as you said, there's a lot of crossovers, aren't there? I mean, for example, the the technique I use in chiropractic called sacro-occipital technique, and that does involve a lot of cranial stuff, it involves of organ stuff, you know. And and in fact, the school that I graduated from, they used to be the Sydney College of Chiropractic and Osteopathy. So they, they used to graduate students who were chiropractors and osteopaths, uh, yeah. which just goes to show, you know, but, but really the, the fundamental, I think, that I love about osteopathy and chiropractic is, is their fundamental philosophy and their principles, which is really essentially about removing interference from the body so that the body can function at its absolute best. Exactly. And and that's what yeah. we love about them. So and we both
1: believe that the body has its own like self-healing mechanism, so if exactly. we give the body the right place to work from it'll it'll function at its best
0: yeah and it's such a beautiful philosophy for us to be able to carry through into everything else we do isn't it because yeah then when you start looking at diet you start looking at exercise you're working from this fundamental philosophy that says that the body is actually designed to be healthy it actually knows what to do and it knows how to do it all we need to do then is give it the right environment to allow that yep. to flourish
1: yeah and sometimes just give a little nudge in the right direction and then the body should in the right situation be able to take over and look after itself
0: Beautiful. Well, let's start talking about some of those other things as well then that we can do. So how did you get into Extend Bar? I'm guessing this is sort of a bit of an extension of the whole dancing and what an amazing dancing journey, by the way, the uh, Moulin Rouge in Paris. That is incredible. Uh, (laughs) But tell us how you got into the Extend Bar.
1: Well, Extend Bar is a really wonderful workout there's a cross between ballet and Pilates movements and um, one of my friends from the Moulin Rouge actually, a friend who now lives in Vegas but an Australian girl, Raquel Williamson, she, um, after Paris came back to Australia for a little while, met her husband who's the sound director of Human Nature and when Human Nature moved over to Vegas to have their residence show there, she obviously moved with her husband and they've been living there for maybe 10 years now I think. And so when Raquel was over there, she... Um, discovered Extend Bar, which was a pretty new workout at the time in the States, and it was designed by a lovely girl over there, Andrea Rogers. And so my friend Rocky discovered it, fell in love with it, and thought she's got to bring this to Australia. So she started off the business in Australia by recruiting all her old Moulin Rouge friends. (laughs) So a lot of the studios in Australia have have owners who are ex-Moulin Rouge dancers, and it's really lovely for me because I feel like by being involved in Extend, I'm still involved with my old dancing family, and all the girls I used to do shows with. So catching up at conferences and trainings and stuff is, is always really special. Um, yeah, so so Rocky asked me if I wanted to get involved, and I then opened up one studio in Adelaide about three years ago and opened up my second studio here only um, in February, and they're both going really well. We have about, between the two studios, we have uh, about 600 to 800 people do class a week. Wow. So it certainly keeps us on our toes, literally.
0: Yeah. No kidding. So yeah. so what does an extend bar, What do you call it a workout? Do you call Yeah, it a, a workout. A workout? Yeah. So what does an extend bar workout look like and do you have any blokes who do it?
1: We have a couple of guys that do it but it's a little bit girly so not as many men um, as you would find perhaps in a CrossFit gym. But um, <laughs> we have some programs, we don't only just offer extend bar classes but we have some other programs. So we have Um, that are more appealing to men and we have a great class called a circuit seven which was designed by an ex-rugby league player adam nabel from sydney and he's his him and his wife own extend mom extend bar mosman and manly in sydney and so adam designed this to try and get some more guys into the studio and it's a great class that like a high intensity interval training workout so that's a lovely little mix and a lot of the girls who come to extend their partners or boyfriends or husbands come to the circuit seven classes but nice. We don't get that many boys in the extend bar class because you're doing a few ballet moves and it's hard. We have a we have a bring a bloke for free week every year in February, so everyone brings their boyfriends and they love it and they come and they love the workout, but they say, "Oh, I don't think I'll come back again."
0: <laughs> so not even a room full of these gorgeous women is enough to encourage them well, to kick them back.
1: It would be a good place to go and hang out, I think. <laughs>
0: That makes, makes sense to me. All right. So really, it's it's a combination of some ballet moves, some dancing, some, I guess, you know, it sounds like flexibility is probably going to be a pretty key component of this sort of workout.
1: Not, not so much, actually, Brett. It's, um, it's a really, it's not a stretch class and it's nothing like yoga. Like, it's actually nothing like it out there. And it uses ballet moves, but it's not ballet. So we have top 40 music playing with a really lovely beat and you keep on the tempo, so it's all done to music. You don't have to be a dancer. You don't have to... Um, be fit even because we can take every exercise to make it harder or lower, like easier or harder for different people's fitness levels and injury levels. And um, there's a lot of really small, tiny movements, like little pulses and movements up and down that make your legs shake and burn. But everything's done to the music. So you might get eight counts of something or 16 counts of a certain move and then we're moving on to the next thing. So if your legs are burning, you move on to the next move and and then that pain disappears while something else starts working.
0: Oh, you've you've piqued my curiosity now, Andrea. I I think I'm going to have to go invest in some you know leggings and a leotard and just come along and try it out. I reckon.
1: I would love you to come and try it
0: out. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds awesome. All right, so so we've got we've got the osteopathy, we've got the fitness side going, but you haven't just stopped there. You've gone and really delved into the nutritional side of things as well. You've you've studied uh, at integrative nutrition. You're you're currently studying nutritional medicine. You know what made you decide that you needed to branch out and do even more study, Andrea?
1: <laughs> well, I um as you know, I've got a really strong passion for nutrition and most of that has come about from, you know, my story I told you earlier with my own health issues and then just learning and um changing the way I eat and changing the way I cook. And so three years ago, um I wanted to write a program for my clients at the Extend Bar studio to share some of that information and get them started on a little bit of a healthier nutritional plan as well as their exercise so i developed and wrote a program called the extend bar 60 day challenge which um has now been running extend bar studios in australia new zealand and america um twice a year with a huge amount of success so we've had clients really completely be able to change their lives you lose a huge amount of weight but more importantly change their health and and get their health right back on track with low blood cholesterol um lowered blood cholesterol lowered, um blood pressure and all sorts of Really beautiful um, things that we've had from our clients. And so, a lot of friends of the Extend Bar clients that were doing this program asked to buy the manual that goes with that program. But because it was Extend Bar branded, it was exclusive to Extend Bar clients. So, I then in the last three years rewrote the extend bar manual into my own book, which is now available for the general public called the nutrition detective solution. And it uses a lot of the same information, but it's got three more years of my experience and knowledge added into it. And it can be um, used as a program for an 80 days to vitality program, where we have a Facebook group that supports and guides that, or it can just be done, you know, by people reading the book and, and doing it on their own. And in conjunction with that, we've got 116 amazing clean eating recipes that over the years I've um, developed and changed. A lot of them are family recipes from my mum and my grandparents that I've learnt how to change into nice. clean eating versions. So there's some really special recipes in there and I often just cook from my own cookbook because it's all the stuff that, you know, I was brought up on but in a cleaner um, cleaner eating kind of way. So that, that book got launched in uh, March this year and it's, come out with some really lovely feedback already and um yeah it's just really special for me to be able to share my knowledge and and get people on, on their health journey.
0: Yeah, and, and there's some beautiful recipes because we actually met at the launch of the clean eating menu at a little cafe in Adelaide called Cafe Paparazzi who are doing an amazing job because what they're doing is they've got a traditional Italian cafe with all the breads and pizzas and pastas and all those sort of things and, and they've now created a cafe that has almost like a double menu. You know, you get the traditional menu but then they've also added into that a clean eating menu which is a fantastic idea because it means that people who, you know, have friends or family who aren't necessarily on the same page have somewhere they can go where everyone can get what they want, which I think is wonderful. So, how did you come to be involved in that, Andrea?
1: Yeah, it's it's fantastic what they're doing at Cafe Paparazzi. So, I met one of the owners, Morella, at um at the Telstra Business Women's Awards. <laughs> you because... couldn't have missed her. <laughs> you could not have missed her. Morella is the most amazing woman, so full of life. And so Morella um, and I were both finalists last October in the, in the awards and um, at the first finalist breakfast, we were sitting down and we all had to stand up for five minutes and talk about ourselves and what we do and why we were there and, and so I, you know, start talking about what I do and my nutrition and my osteo and the extend bar and as soon as I sat down, she leans over to me with her beautiful, vivacious self and said, Andrea, we have to talk <laughs> and um, and so afterwards she said, you know, that she's been really wanting to put a clean eating menu on a paparazzi but doesn't know anything about it and would I be interested to help? So cool. And so that's how it all started. And so over the next little while I used a lot of my recipes in my book and, and worked out what I thought might work well in a cafe but I have no idea about that side of things. So I just sort of guessed what I thought might work okay. And then I had Morella and her husband Mick and, and many of their team come over one day to do a taste test of everything. So I was madly cooking for about three days to get everything <laughs> ready for them. And so they had a taste test of everything that I thought should go on the menu and they loved it all. And then Mick and Mirella went away and just worked out what would, you know, function well for cooking times and costings and stuff for a cafe. And then that was where the menu came to.
0: And yeah, then I got and-
1: to do lots of taste testings, and now I get to go there and eat my own food without having to cook it.
0: How good's that? That's, that's awesome, awesome, isn't it? That's like a, you've like outsourced your dinner cooking. That's fantastic, <laughs> and you've done a great job because I've been there and eaten several times, and I've had uh, you know things like an open burger. I've had um, you know some zucchini noodles with bolognese and, and meatballs, which was fantastic. Even some uh, curries. You know, there, there's a great range of food that's available there. So let's talk a bit about this. You know, this clean eating term. What what is clean eating? mean for you Andrea?
1: Yeah so clean eating for me Brett is just getting rid of all the rubbish so getting rid of number one numbers that are on the back of packets of food so I say to a lot of my patients and clients who I'm trying to get them started on that first step is just if you go to the supermarket turn the back of the packet over if it's got numbers in it or ingredients that you don't understand what they are don't eat it so that's like a really simple easy way to get started and then you can add other layers into it from there so um, for me, is definitely no processed foods um, and no processed sugars. So I still cook a lot and cook a lot with um, you know honey and maple syrup and rice malt syrup and coconut sugars. But other than that, I don't have any of the normal white sugar or brown sugar or table sugar. And then. My message in my book really is to find out what's right for you, hence why the book's called The Nutrition Detective Solution, because I advise people to do their own detective work to find out what's right for them, because some people might be okay with dairy products and some people may not be. So I talk a lot about why, if you've got some intolerance to dairy, why that might be the case and why you might not want to have cow's dairy, but you might be okay with goat's dairy or sheep's dairy. And then I also talk about why you might not want to have anything at all because you've just got to learn to listen to your body and see what's right for you. And then um, the same thing with gluten. So I'm definitely gluten-free because my body doesn't agree with that at all. But some people might be okay with it or okay with it in little bits and pieces. So again, I talk about in the book why um, you may not want to have gluten and, and what you feel, what you may perhaps feel if you have an intolerance or an allergy and um and then hopefully people can start to listen to their bodies with that kind of advice and work out what's right for them
0: yeah, so how do you suggest people figure that out? Because it can be really tricky because we know that, you know, the sensitivity of the test isn't always that great, mm. that, that it may come back and say that you're okay with, for example, gluten, but actually you yeah. may find you don't do so well on it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you do, I guess, judge it just on how you're feeling, then, then you know, you, it doesn't necessarily always equate to how you're functioning either. And so some people will feel fine for a few, period of time, but then, you know, cause problems later on as well. Yeah, so how, how do people judge that? I mean, I know listening to your body and, and I know that the, the better you get and the cleaner you get, and the healthier you're going, then I think the more you can listen to your body to a degree, but but maybe it's not the full story either. So how do you suggest people do that?
1: I mean, ideally, Brett, for the first, to learn how to listen to your body and get it really clean, I think you need to cut out processed sugar, dairy, cow's dairy and gluten as a start just to see what your body functions like without those products. And then to start to add things in again if you want to, which I wouldn't even bother if you feel so good without it. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to add them in again, like add them in one at a time so then you can see if your body reacts to that, how you feel with it, and then take it away again. So you really you have to do the de- detective work. Yeah. And just experiment to see what's right for you because, you know, what's right for you may not be right for me and vice versa. And if there was – You know, one diet and one rule that was right for everybody. There would only be one diet, but there's so many different diets out there. And you know, one person swears by this, another person swears by that because because we're different. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And we're different
1: bodies, so I can't give someone exactly the right advice that's right for them. I can give them suggestions, but they've got to work out for them what's right.
0: So let's move on to adrenal fatigue, Andrea, because it's such a huge uh, problem and it's such a huge issue that so many people, I think, are fighting and dealing with and probably many of them don't even realize that they are. And Mm. so I guess let's start from the start. You know, how do people know that they've got adrenal fatigue to start with?
1: Well, I mean, you have to get blood tests to really see what your cortisol levels are doing, but the symptoms can be weird and wonderful and so... My personal experience of them, of having adrenal fatigue was being very tired and crying a lot. This is when it was really bad. And, um, um, you know, quite gut issues like tummy pain and um, constipated. And oh, I can't even remember. It was so long ago. And I kind of blocked that time out. <laughs> it's but, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But I still get now some funny visual stuff. So visual disturbances yeah. sometimes. And that's probably the only symptom I still get left with. And I get a shake in my body. So I get really shaky if I get a bit adrenaline. And, um, and the funny thing is talking to you now, even though I'm not nervous about talking about this kind of stuff <laughs> at all, but I've got a little bit of that shake that's just started, which I get if I'm doing some public speaking or having to talk to my staff about something that might be a little bit confrontational. So I know what it is and I manage it. And as soon as I get off the phone to you, I'll have a, a cup of hot tea and it'll settle it down for me. So I've worked out how to really calm it down for me, it's just warm my body up again. Nice. Yeah, nice. so I, I what... hope
0: I'm not being too scary Andrew no, I'm promise i not gonna ask any difficult I'm questions not scary at all, but <laughs> it's just how my body is. yeah like
1: when you've been through that kind of tough stuff that's yeah. kind of you just get these little leftover things that still sit there but I don't even worry about it because I know what it is and I know how to manage it well,
0: that's the cool thing isn't it I think yeah. that that knowledge is power is so true isn't it that once yeah. you can understand it and you can get some strategies to deal with it so you know you've obviously been going through this for a long time now and obviously you have developed some strategies that have helped you overcome this you just spoke about you nice warm cup of tea yeah. uh, but, but what else have you done and, and what have you tried that's worked I guess and maybe even what hasn't worked in, tra- in terms of helping you overcome your adrenal fatigue?
1: Um, yeah, see so, so there's no one answer is there Brett, like it's everything's a, no. a multidisciplinary approach so you've much. got to try everything so I um, uh, extend bar really helps, so exercise really helps Yeah. and if I'm feeling a little bit, you know what I call adrenally, I go into a class and it's completely gone and then... I um, love yoga. I think that's a wonderful thing as well, just for calming the mind and calming the nervous system. And so I've actually just got back from Byron Bay yesterday. I was doing my Level 1 teacher trainer course for yoga. So I'm going to start offering yoga. Another thing to add onto the list there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, okay, cool. Um, And from that, I have never done a lot of meditation, but we did a lot of meditation over the last couple of days, and I think that's going to be the next thing that I'm going to try and work on. Nice.
0: Because
1: I think that will give me a really nice – you know, calming effect on my sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight and flight kind of response. Yeah. And um other than that, like I really the nutrition stuff I do has really helped me. That's probably been the biggest biggest thing. I'm working with my naturopath, I still work with her and um take supplements as I need them. And um I don't think there's anything I've tried that hasn't worked. Yeah. I keep on thinking one day I'm going to be able to eat like a croissant again and I try occasionally and I'm like, no, that was not a good idea.
0: <laughs> and I think it is, you know, with, with adrenal fatigue, it is the case of kind of all those simple things that we've known for such a long time that are beneficial, but they do make a difference. You know, all the all the things we typically think of as helping you de-stress yeah. and, and, I guess, minimizing all the things we know that are stressful. So, yeah. you know, stimulants like coffee and alcohol and, um, you know, things like that, like, you know, yeah. using your laptop late at night, which we know yeah. is going to, you know, throw out that circadian rhythms and those yeah. adrenal responses, you know. Uh, waking up to sunshine in the morning, you know, de-stressing with a yoga or a, you know, it's it's all of those little things. And it is, as you said, it's a case of looking at the whole picture, not just any yep. one part of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely, 100%. And I, I'm with you, like, I don't drink alcohol at all. And I've never drunk coffee, but I certainly don't drink coffee. Yeah. And um, and I would like to wake up with the sunshine, but sometimes yep. I wake up a bit before before the sunshine <laughs> oh, with my alarm. You're lamp. doing well. You're doing well. But, you know, in an ideal world, you would take just little bits of pieces of everything to just to make it work yeah. for your body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you're now moving on. Your next challenge by the sound of it is naturopathy. You're going to move on to a, a naturopathy degree. Um, you know, what are your plans there? Why have you decided that you want to go that way? Obviously, you've had great experience with it. But, but- Yeah.
1: Well, hi. You know, when I first moved to Adelaide, I enrolled in naturopathy because I thought my clinic was going to take a really long time to get busy, and it was busy in like, Three weeks. So I only did one semester of the course then and um and I've now just come full, full circle back again because I really have always had this passion for it but, you know, it's got to be the right time in your life to be doing certain things. So I'm pretty much a bit more than halfway through my nutritional medicine qualification and then from there it's only a couple more subjects to um, add on the naturopathy.
0: Nice. And, and then, I don't know, so this like, is then going to integrate I'll... into your career? You're going to be seeing clients as a naturopath as well as an osteopath?
1: I think I'm just going to be seeing clients as Andrea. Nice. (laughs) And then I'll do whatever they need.
0: Yeah. Which is probably
1: going to be a mixture of everything.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a great mixture of everything.
1: Yeah. So that's still a a little way off. I mean, I still use a lot of that information now because when you have the knowledge, you can talk to your patients about nutrition and supplements and things they should have. Um, while you're doing your hands-on work. So it's better better to be talking about productive stuff than talk about what you did on the weekend.
0: Yeah, nice. I like that. That's absolutely true. So yeah. what's next for you beyond, beyond that? Where do you see yourself in five years, ten years' time, Andrea?
1: Um, well, I would really love to have some children, Brett. So hopefully my lovely partner Stefano and I can – do that the next little while and cool. um, and then I'd like to step back from so much of the business stuff and I've got a wonderful business manager who started at my clinic recently who's helping me with the clinic and the studios. But I would really love to, um, you know, still be an osteopath and still teach my classes and, and teach some yoga classes but also keep sharing the message of nutrition through my book and, um, yeah, that's really it. Just keep, keep helping people be healthy and happy.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. And I can, I can definitely see you sharing that on a, on a bigger scale as well, Andrea. So, you know, it might be a, a podcast show or something there for you in the future. I we we'll might <laughs> have to talk about that a little bit later. It could be. Um, so, Andrea, people want to get hold of your book. What's the best spot for them to go to get hold of this book?
1: There's a website they can order from Brett called www.thenutritiondetectivesolution.com.au.
0: Beautiful. And so they can go there, they can purchase the book. It's obviously got heaps of information. It's got all the great recipes in there. If they want to try out some of the recipes, they can, of course, head to uh, Cafe Paparazzo on... uh Unley Road, isn't it? Yeah, Unley Road. Uh, on Unley Road, uh, which is a which is a beautiful little cafe. They can go check out some of the recipes there. And I think they can probably even buy the book from there, right? They
1: can buy the book from there. And there's also a couple of free recipes that you can download from the website as well if you want to try some at home.
0: Nice. So you can start checking it out a little bit beforehand. Um, yep. Aside from that, Andrew, where else can we find information about you? Tell us about your, your practice and your Extend Bar Studios. How do we get there?
1: Thank you. Um, so my website for the clinic is um, www.southsideosteopathy.com.au and there's a link through to my extend bar studios there as well which is extend bar south side in unley and extend bar east side in st morris
0: Cool. There's so many opportunities to get hold of you there. There's so much going on in your life, Andrew. Thank you for taking the time to share that with us. Um, it, it's, been a, it's an amazing journey for yourself, but also you know, amazing the, the breadth and depth of the work you're doing to help people in Adelaide with their health and well-being, and no doubt well beyond that, all over the world with your book now, is extraordinary. So well done.
1: Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. So until next week, join our conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show.